This is the Potter's Podcast at Christmas. It's a Christmas edition. I know it's after Christmas, but it's still the Christmas period. We're all still je- still jolly. We're all still merry. And we're obviously going to talk about times at Christmas. But first, we're going to have to talk about Boris, who's got a hit single out at the moment. It's in the top five. Can't say what it's called, but he's not gone down well with his tier system, has he? No. The music industry is taking a big hit, really, with the sausage rolls, Boris. <laughs> yeah, it's lad baby, third time in a row now, Christmas number one. Can you believe it? For a good cause, though, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's for the food banks. He's made a hell of a lot of money for them, which is only good for the people who obviously can't afford to eat. It's fantastic. Oh, it's, a, it's the right time this year, isn't it? Because there's a lot of families struggling, so. And Christmas and is forgiving, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Even if what you get isn't always that great. Well, it's been a weird week in many ways because we were all excited coming into it after the results last weekend and then come in and we thought, oh, there's a chance we might be able to pull a massive upset against Tottenham. And to be fair, we played well, but sort of crumbled in the last 20 minutes. And to be honest, a good debut for veteran goalkeeper Andy Lonergan as well. Yeah, the thing is, I can't really, I can't really slate the lads against Tottenham because he just quality told in the second half, and if you give players in that quality that much space, they'll destroy you. And and the thing is, it just proves second half we got a bit laggy in this sort of now we're in, I think. And like I say, we got punished for it, but I can't really say they didn't work hard because they did. Yeah, they played well, to be fair. I mean, Jordan Thompson got all got us all excited by pulling us back level after Gareth Bale give, to give Tottenham the lead. It was a good game, and to be honest, with the amount of injuries we've got, and I know I keep saying it every week, but there's been a lot of injuries in the club, and we put up a good fight, and for me, this League Cup run shows that Michael O'Neill can handle Premier League sides at the end of the day. And if we yeah. had a fully fit squad, we might have got some of it. I think I think it also proves that Michael O'Neill can do anything. He can he can deal with the hard points during the season. We've seen in previous years sometimes that you can you can get managers that struggle. You have a couple of injuries. What we're going to do? Michael O'Neill just seems to take it all in his stride. He's never. He's just like right. Well, he'll come in there, and someone will change this and change that. And I think that's that's good for the squad morale because he. It proves that he's got faith in the entire squad, not just the starting eleven. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Thompson's come through and seems to be improving now that he's getting first-team regular football in that midfield. I think we're starting to see that he has got a position in this team maybe in the next couple of years if he keeps improving. Took his chance well against Tottenham as well. And to be honest, he, he had the best chance... On Saturday against Coventry, you know, really should have took it if we got that. It could have, could have been comfortably in the playoffs now. And to be honest, I think that Mark O'Neill has proved that if you give him a bit of money and he can start bringing in a couple of players that he does like the look of, we we could go places. This team. Yeah, and that's the thing. For me, it still is a, a work in progress. So, um, I mean, obviously he's been with us now for a year and. The change in a year is is so monumental that already I just think what's our conversation going to be in another twelve months' time? 
that's the thing. I just think he is here for the long goal and it is a work in progress and I think we can only improve, really. Right, so that's it then. So now we've got to tell people what's going on this week, obviously, after that. We're obviously going to do, as normal, the player ratings. We're also going to have two guests as well, in Ange and Harvey, who are going to be on the show as well tonight. Um, and plus, we're going to do question time, which we're going to have to look at at the moment, because at the moment, I'm absolutely thrashing you 2-0. and I'm it just could not be very good questions. <laughs> well, come on, you've got to get up for it, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be at the end of the season, it's 19-0 to me. Come on, we've got to, we've got to get you back in this. Yeah, you, you, you love useless knowledge, though, don't you? Well, it's not useless knowledge if it's about the Mighty Potters, is it? Even me odd questions you get right. Uh, well, yeah, I know you, you. I can remember last week. You'll never get this. You'll never get this, bloke. Second clue. I got it. Got it. Got it. Too much time on your answer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, here we go. Anyway, so we've got to explain to to the listeners why you're obviously on the phone tonight. You have to tell them now what, what what's up with you. I've got a lot of nose. <laughs> Being oh, lazy. He's got you've got a bit of man flu, haven't you? Yeah, I think I've caught it off Letland as well. Snotty oh. small children, so. As well, say uh, you were doing well because you're normally ill every Christmas as well, aren't you? Yeah, I, I don't feel like I have done in previous Christmases. I, I think I did have the first wave of COVID out of last Christmas. I was that ill, but um, yeah, let's uh, not take too many risks in the current climate. So. Yeah. Right, so I think we'll go into question time. Oh, please let it be an easy one. <laughs> right, so here we go. At the moment, it's 2-0. You've got to get back in it and make it 2-1. Right, this player has played 91 times for his country and scored 23 goals. He joined Stoke in 2010 and played till 2014, but also had half a season on loan in 2005. Okay. That's all I'm giving you. So far, ninety-one appearances for his country. So he's, he's a first-team regular, isn't he? Yeah, he's a regular for his national side. There's no in question about 2014? that. Two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. Come in two thousand and five alone. It's quite an easy one, really. There's people at home going, "Well, I know who that is." So you've got to get it, really, because otherwise people are just going to be, to be honest, taking the mick. Yeah, they could, yeah, they probably will. <laughs> Right, so we go into his normal feature, and that is player ratings for the Coventry City game. Yeah, we'll start off with Basic and goal. Another good performance for me. I think I like Joe Basic. I've got to be honest. I'm thinking that if he carries on the way he's going, I I'm I've got a real thing that he should be maybe Stoke number one. Don't yeah, get me wrong, I like Adam Davies, and at this time I still think Adam Davies is the number one best goalkeeper we've got, but Joe Berge looks the real deal. Well, why is he? The thing is, Davies, don't get me wrong, he's had a good season for Stoke, but I mean, you can't look away from Berge anymore. I mean, he's quick off his line, his kicking's phenomenal for me for his age. He's doing everything right. He's going way above what we ever expected of him. So. Well, it's not so much that. It's um, He's now got seven clean sheets in eight games Yeah. since he's come in and goal. So defensively, we've gone through the roof since Joe Basic has gone and goal. And 
when we finally do get back to the ground, are we going to be singing, England, England's number one, where's she? Well, is, it, is it going to happen? I mean, there'd be big teams looking at him at this rate. He carries on. Well, he's already at a big team, isn't he? But the thing is that, you know, for how old he is and how relaxed and how good he is at this moment in time, he's only going to improve. The thing is with Davies and Angus Gunn that Angus Gunn's d- d- come in and done okay, but we know he's got mistakes in him. And Davies is, what, 27 now, is he? 28. Are we better off just putting all his eggs in one basket and playing the younger man, trying to get promoted to the Premier League and build maybe the replacement for Jordan Pickford for England? Well, I think there's a base because for me, when when the other keepers like Davies are fit, tell me a reason why you'd take Berzik out. Because as far as I'm concerned, you won't. You've got to give a lot of good reason to take him out of the squad. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no real reason to take him out. Regardless yeah. of the fit, the other lads are going to have to work their way back into the team. Well, yeah, that's how it should work. And I'll and how it could end, be the end for both of them goalkeepers. At the end of the day, Angus Gunn's only on loan, so at the end of the season we might go, I'm sorry Angus, but because of your injury, Joe Bursic came through. So yeah. you're going back to Southampton. It, 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 for me, I think it's a no-brainer now. Personally, I think Bursic is a better goalkeeper than Angus Gunn. Yeah, like I say, I, you, can't, you can't deny the impact he's had in such a short time. He's been brilliant, and the thing is, if he carries on the way he is, it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the shortlist for play for the season come the end of the year. I've got a feeling this year it's going to be all young lads. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I think Campbell would have got it if it wasn't for his injury. Um, I think Thompson's in for a good shout of it. I think um, Collins. Collins is definitely up there. Suter is as well, and and Bergic's got to be on that list now as well. And these are all players that have come through the academy and basically just started to play regular football for Stoke this season. They're like four new signings. Yeah, it, we, the, the lads have been a breath of fresh air for us this season and sort of shown up some of the more senior lads at the, at the club and made them realise that the, the position is not golden and that's what we've needed. Yeah. Some players have just thought they could walk onto that pitch every single Saturday, no questions asked, and Michael O'Neill said not not under my watch and it, and it sort of proved it, it's proved to have worked right from the get go really well I'm going to give him an 8 Joe Bajic I think he did yeah, everything I'm, he needed to I, I, I think he's he's, he's, he's he's been worthy of an 8 most weeks now yeah clean sheets can't ask for any more right who's next uh, my friend Tommy Smith Tommy Smith well there's no Nathan Collins is he that's, that's what I that way I mean He's lucky because he got away with a terrible back pass. I mean, in, in the first half, it could have cost us the game, really. But like you say, we've we've already said, have we, before that when he's played centre halves in Smith's position, he hasn't got full confidence in Smith, Michael O'Neill. That, that's clearly evident in previous weeks. Yeah, and obviously that. with with Edwards being out on loan. I think it's clear that he doesn't rate Tommy Smith now. No. I think it's quite obvious, really, that when he's playing centre-back at right-back, who, to be honest, doesn't make those mistakes that Tommy Smith made on Saturday. And uh, To be honest, he has been a bit of an unsung hero at times, Tommy Smith, but I just think Collins is that good at, in all defensive areas. I think he could fill in at left-back and do a good job, Collins. 
I really yeah. rate him. I really do rate him. And I think Tommy Smith for me gets because there's a clean sheet. I'll give him a six. But if it was if we'd lost that game because of him, it'd be a two. I'll, I'll give him a six just because same, of that it's the same thing with Smith isn't it all the time that his defensive side of his game struggles but his crossing and his offensive side is good and he had some good crosses on Saturday but at the same time when he's when he's going back the other way then he's genuinely worried and, and that that's the concerning thing great delivery of a ball at times but you don't want him going backwards with you no so what so, you doing? Right, on to the next one. You've got to give him a score for you. I'll go six as well. Six. I'm going to go with Chester next. James Chester. Him and Harry Suter are looking a really good partnership at this moment in time. Some could say he's like Abdullah Fai as far as being calm on the ball. He is, but he's nowhere near as good at defending as him and and not terrifying opposition strikers like Fai did. He was a presence, think, he was. The thing is, though, you're going to get calmness from Chester. He's, he's got bags of experience at, at international level, at Premier League level. He, he, should be calm, he should be calm on the ball. The thing is, he's, he is captain material, isn't he, at times as well, when you watch him. He should, he's good for them young lads around him as well. He's still got his pace as well, which is always an out really because when you see Danny Bat he, he is a bit of a problem at times because we all know he's like an oil tanker and, or as his nickname the fridge but James Chester he's got that experience he's still got legs in him he's still fit even for his age and to be honest he was at the start of the season he's completely turned me around because I thought that we might as well just let him go when his loan was up but over the last couple of weeks since Berzik's come in and Harry Suit has been playing alongside him he does look more settled and it seems now that he can just do his job and because he, he knows he's got Suter next to him. So I, I'm going to give him an eight, I am, for Saturday because I think he led the line well, defensively didn't make a mistake, kept bringing the ball out to try and play it forward. And we had two centre-backs that were doing the same thing, getting the ball, pushing it forward and trying to break it out from the back. And it's very modern and it's very, very strange to see it, Stoke. Well, the thing is, confidence is a big thing in football. Let's face it, there's still problems to iron out last year. They've obviously been ironed out now. And you've seen players who maybe we sat there at the end of the season saying you wouldn't be bothered if they left. And I think you said you wouldn't be bothered if Chester left. And you're coming in and I think people are rotating through the team and people are coming in and doing well. And that's nice to see, isn't it, really? It was yes, such a short yeah. period of time. So what are you going to give him? I'm going to give him a seven. A seven? Oh, yeah. that's a bit harsh. I think it's because he's older. You don't like rating. You never give the older players high rating. Well, we've got a start book. We've got yeah, I've got them all here. I've got them all written <laughs> down, yeah. So it's all here. I can remember Danny Bart got man of the match on Sky and you give him a four. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I was so, a bit of a bad mood that day. <laughs> so who who's next? Um, next is Suter. The brick wall. Yeah, the man mountain himself. Absolutely brilliant player. How have, how have we managed to get hold of a class player like that for absolutely next to nothing? He just 
do, do you not notice with him sometimes? He can nip the ball from anywhere. <laughs> he's just got like really long legs. Every time the ball comes anywhere, he always wins it back. He just every time you see a player run at him, you think he'll win that. <laughs> <laughs> you already convinced yourself he's going to win the ball. Yeah, it's like Ryan when he was younger. Yeah. Just, just no getting round him. Yeah, he's, he's like I say, he's, he's becoming my first name on my mind when I think about Player of the Year already. At this stage, every time I think of somebody who, every time I've watched, just looks poles apart from any defender we've had for a while. So, it's, so he's not going to Morgan Fox Player of the Year though. No, it's not. It's not seen anyone like this since Danny Collins. <laughs> you have to bring Danny Collins back into it's it. Been it's been a while. It's been a while. It's Christmas. And he was crap. <laughs> it's one of them. I'm going to give Suter another eight. Defensively strong. Yeah. Every time someone ran at him, he tackled tackled it. And to be honest, it's he's it's work in the other area as well. The opposite box, which I like as well. He seems to cause mayhem and all that stuff. And. You know, if it wasn't for Jordan Thompson's taking it off, he might I think he might have scored against Coventry yeah. as well. So, like I say, I'll give him an eight. I think he's a player that, in my opinion, is worth between 18 and 20 million now from the way he's pushed into the side this season. He's proved that I don't think any level scares him, really. And I, I just think he's we've got a, a real good young defender there on the books. He's just fearless, isn't he? He's just fearless, but he blocks every ball. He had, a, he had a, a good block towards the end of the game where he could have gone, could have gone in, and, and you just think he's he's just primed and ready. He's, for me, at the moment, he is one of them first names I'd be looking at on the sheet. Yeah. So what are you going to give him? I'm going. I'm going to give him an eight as well. I think. I think he's. I think he's been a different class lately. Yeah, he's been brilliant. On to uh, another man, James McLean. Back in the squad, and he did all right. He did all right. It's not his position, so we could say we always keep saying that it's not his position, and it isn't. He isn't. He isn't a left back. We all know that. Um, I'll, I'll still give. I'll still give him a six. He, he didn't really do a lot from what I remember, to be honest. No, I mean he had a good battle with Jabo down the left, but he's. It wasn't a great game going forward anyway, was it? Sorry. No, no. We had the most chances, to be fair, but there were still half chances. Not We didn't really... Apart from the Thompson chance, we didn't really get a clear chance, really, in my opinion. And and I think McLean was too busy battling with that Dabo to really impact the game. Yeah. So, like I say, I'll give him a six. Six, yeah. Uh, right, one more defender. Oh, I'll play three at the back, don't we? Uh, keep forgetting. Uh, Nathan Collins. Brilliant. He's just he's brilliant. He wins. He just. He's so good in the air, and he just seems. He just seems so strong as well and aggressive. It reminds me of that the way we were sort of ten years ago. So strong in the air and physical. Well, that's what we want. We miss yeah. those days under Pulis, but. To be fair, we we haven't been playing well at the moment. That's but we all know that's because of injuries. And but Nathan Collins for me, it's not just that he's good in the air. He's he's just quality, and he's only going to get better. That's the thing that's exciting. He's this good now. What's he going to be like in two years when he starts it? He starts to really get that experience behind him. He's going to be 
one hell of a good defender for us. And this is why we need to get in the Premier League with these young players because it's going to be harder for teams to take them off us unless big yeah. money's put in if we're in the Premier League. It's a lot easier in the Championship, but when you're in the Premier League, a player like Nathan Collins could go for 30, 40 million. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, what we've got got to be mindful of at the moment is the constant drawing. Even though it's not losing, you've still got to start picking up some results because we could end up tailing away from the, the top ten and then players might look at going, well, I know I'm better than this, I can go a bit higher up the, up the table. As far as I'm concerned, if we finished in the playoffs, then we didn't quite make Then they might say, well, I'll give it another year. And then that might be our year then for push on and go and go up the table and try and get automatic promotion then. So for me, we could just do with just getting a, a few a few more points on the boards because like I say, the sheets are great and defensively we are really good at the moment, but we just need to start picking up a few results now. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give an eight for that defensive display. I think he was yeah. brilliant. I'll go, I'll go seven. Oh, All right, so, so who's next? Thompson. Nothing run into the box late run. He's getting like Frank Lampard into with these late runs into the box. Yeah, but Lampard would have buried that. And that. <laughs> that's, that <laughs> that's the difference. Um, I'm now starting to enjoy how Thompson's playing and, and he's still a bit in miss and I, I still think he's got to use that left foot a bit more wisely when he does get it, but... He should have buried that chance. I don't care what anyone says. It was it was a nice height. He got a full foot on it. He should have hit the target. And he didn't. And to be honest, I'm going to give him a two for that. <laughs> two? <laughs> I'm not giving him a two for the whole game, just for that shot. I, I don't know. I think, I think I'll give him a six. Because he, he, he did all right, but I'm sorry. He needs to bury that. Because yeah. we're struggling great chances it is. And get a clear good one like that, you need to bury it. And he should, oh. he should have took that. And, and if he had it done, we would have been in the playoffs now and got those three points we needed to get back on track well the thing is we're very much um, that is our biggest struggle now is finding the targets again because we were doing alright for a bit everywhere. that wasn't our worry but at the moment we are really really drying up the goals aren't we at the moment yeah um, and it, it is a problem but obviously we keep changing things around up top through injuries and different things so we need to try and get some stability back up up top right on to your favourite yeah, player you've got to score him yeah uh, I'll give him a 6 I didn't really do much else during the game that was it really wasn't it that was his main yeah yeah so uh, your favourite player not being sarcastic Jordan Cousins Again, Mr. It and Miss, but he's been brilliant since he's come back in. He had that bad game a couple of weeks ago. He's come in for John Obi McCall and really, he's quite similar. He's not as good. He hasn't got that quality on the pass and all that stuff. But what I like about Jordan Cousins is his pace for that role. He, he seems to get in the right positions a lot. And he, he's, good at sh- he's good at shielding the ball and good at, good at getting, stopping... Midfielders attacking forward, and he had a good game in the defensive areas. I think he helped the back line as much as he could. I just wished he was higher up the pitch and but, made an impact in those areas. Well, I just think he gives license for Powell and Thompson to get forward. That, that's the beauty of Cousins, as he will do them and dirty jobs in front of the back three, five. 
whatever you want to say. And then, because we need that, that linchpin. Mikel's been that linchpin. Joe Allen's been that linchpin. We, we still need that linchpin for us creative players to go forward. Because as we well know before, we used to throw people forward and we were left open and that's where we caused ourselves problems. Like I say, I think um, I think I'll give him I'll give him a seven actually, Jordan Cousins, because as a defensive midfielder, he did his job the best he could, and he did give license to Powell and Thompson to get forward. But the thing is, for me, when you're playing free at the back, you need that holding midfielder to press higher and support the two attacking midfielders as well. And I don't think he did that, and that's why I'm giving him a seven. But to be honest, he was probably, for me, the best midfielder on the day against Coventry. So I will give him a seven. I'm going to give him a six. Ooh. Ooh. It's, a sad, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. Powell? Didn't do anything, from what I remember. Yeah. I can't... I'm really finding it hard to rate some of us attacking players at the moment because... We just looked so, what's the word, just so wooden going forward at the moment. Yeah. Just this part of the games where I sit there and think, we could play till Sunday night and I still don't think we'll score. I mean, we created the best chances, but they were only half chances. Apart from the Thompson one, like I said before, they were half chances. And Nick Powell, for me, was a bit of a bystander against Coventry. He was kind of marked out the game. He didn't seem to do anything of note and I'm going to give him a five to be honest, Nick Powell. It's another one of those bad games where he just couldn't get into it. And we know what Nick Powell's like. That's why he was like Fuller in a way, but Fuller obviously was amazing. But Fuller sometimes would go missing for long periods and then out of nowhere would pop up with a bit of magic that he'd get you the goal and get you the points. But Powell just couldn't get that opportunity against Coventry. He was marked out the game and he really was a bystander and not in really we could have put a different player on who might have had a bit more of a impact like an Oakley Booth or somebody like that who could have dragged the ball forward and maybe created a bit of space for Fletcher to get in and get a chance and that's why I'm giving him a five really yeah I think Powell probably was his only real route to goal in the game which is quite a Sad statement, really, when you look at the state of the game itself. Well, it, it is. When were this? Because we're struggling with no Campbell and we're struggling to create the chances because we've got Brown on the right, who, let's be honest, is a good sprinter, a good runner, and an aggressive runner as well. But he's not Campbell. He can't beat two players and put it in the bottom corner. He hasn't got that ability. So at the moment, we're playing with what we've got. and Powell is the only route for a goal because he can do something out of nothing, like I've said. And but he just couldn't get going against Coventry, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think sometimes in these tighter games we do lack because uh, obviously the formation we play. Sometimes I think we could do with some quick, some pace down the flanks a bit. I mean, we still for me we still miss Belinden second half of games where he can run at players and cause problems. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. It's if you, if it's a tight game and, and we're struggling, we're struggling break them down. People like the Linden are good, good players for pick the ball up and start charging at players and, and playing proper wing football where whipping balls and at pace and stuff. And we've seen that at Campbell at times this season. And you just think 
sometimes in them tight games if we'd had both of them off at the same time. We will win games in this division. It's just we've been unfortunate lately with injuries. Yeah. So what are you going to give him? I'll give him a six. Okay, again, a bit higher than me, are you? You must have yeah. saw you must have saw him shoot or something, I don't know, but <laughs> Right, on to Brown. Nothing again. Well he had a good shot, didn't he? It was well saved um in the first half, but he was he was involved for Thompson's chance. He did alright, didn't he? He did, he did all right, but he, he just... I think he lacks that quality. I do. I mean, the, I just think that... If, if he had a bit more quality in it, in, or reading of the quality, like a good ball, at times he, he just runs. And you can understand why we signed him. It was a cheap deal. We, we saw what he had. And you can see Michael O'Neill does have high hopes for him. And I do as well. I, I've seen things in Brown that makes me go... There is something about him, but on this right side, I think he he's he's a he's an aggressive runner. He's always up and down the channel. He's always willing work, which is why I don't mind him. Walters was the same, but he's got to bring that quality in. He's got to start getting these balls in the box more. He's got to start creating space for himself. And I mean, for me, for me, Brown, I've said it on two or three occasions. For me, Brown's biggest problem is his end product because you see a lot of Brown's build-up play and you can see why he's come to the club. He is, he, is, he has got ability and he, like you say, he does work very hard but the end product has got a lot to be... There's a lot of work on his end product for me. Yeah, that, that's he's a raw diamond at the moment. So that, that's, that's the thing. We can see he's got the quality. And I'll give him a, I'll give him a six because he he'd like to say he did he did create a chance and he did he did have a shot that was well saved so I will give him a seven he's probably the highest out of the rest of the attackers yeah, today. Yeah, I, I was going to give seven because obviously he created his own chance and he was there for Thompson's chance but like I say there is there is something there isn't there, with, with Brown. Oh yeah, he'd, he'd same as Thompson when he first his first season when he he came on half a season. You were looking at him going, "Where'd you play him?" But it's about Michael O'Neill coaching him to get the best out of him and figuring out how to maybe unlock that consistency when it comes down to his end product. And you never know in a year, two years time, he might be that player that we're hoping that can. You know, swing the balls in and, and take the odd chance. And to be honest, like I say, I'll give him a I'll give him a seven because I just think that he did. He he was the better of the forwards, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think obviously with Brown, like if you, if we'd had a better strike force as such, he'd be the sort of player you wouldn't mind sending out on loan for half a season. Well, I think he's one of them players that I don't. I think he should be on the bench and slowly developing in. And giving him the odd game here and there, but because of the Cam- Campbell injury, we're relying on him now. And to be honest, he hasn't been bad. I can't sit here and go, he's been poor, he's been rubbish. Get him out of the team. Get him out of the team. He, he's, <laughs> he's done okay. Right, who's next? It is Fletcher. I, I, to be fair, second half, he did have a chance. Only half yeah, a chance. Yeah, had a close range, had a. Yeah. Yeah. Went, went close again not long after as well, but. He's missing um, his friend, isn't he? He's missing his mate. He's missing his partner in crime, isn't he? Yeah. It, the, it's it's the F and C, 
And at the moment, it's just F, and nobody likes just an F. He needs he, the thing with Fletch, when with Fletch when he's got Campbell with him. He, I know it sounds stupid. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do as much running. <laughs> yeah. He just can concentrate on being in the right areas at the right time for for, for score goals. Because Fletcher does all the all the graft, and the thing is, when he's when he's up there, the way he is at the moment, he's quite isolated, and he's got a lot more work to do. And you can sort of see why we're not scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're struggling at the moment, and but like I say, as long as we're getting the results and we stay around the playoffs, I think. Because in my opinion, now I think that result is pretty much sealed out that we're not going to be able to break in that top. We, we don't score enough goals. We're not winning enough games. So I think the automatic one and two, I think, are out of our reach now. I mean, I know Norwich had a bad result and I know Watford have swapped their manager, but we've got a chance of the playoffs and that that's what I expected at the start of the season. And I'm expecting played, it now. We played like this last year when folks was isolated up top when we didn't have Campbell in the team. And yeah. It's the same problem again that we haven't got a like-for-like swap with Campbell. No, but Brown isn't the same player. And no. It's coming down to January now. We've got to make moves in January. The board have either got to back him or just be happy with championship because I don't want to be happy with the championship. But anyway, before we move on to that, we'll talk about that after. But I'll give Fletcher a six, to be honest. He, 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 he didn't do a lot, to be honest. Right. Um, is that it? Is that last one? Uh, yeah, I mean, special mention really is that Joe Allen returned. Yeah, it was nice to see Joe back. We need, we need him, to be honest, at this time. Um, we know Lucas is back soon as well, and there's talk over McCall might be might be definitely match fit for the next game. So hopefully now the players start coming back and we might be able to start pushing up and then a, maybe a, a striker or a replacement for Campbell on loan and we might be able to start talking about the automatics because Bournemouth are dropping off again. It's I think Norwich are done. I think they'll go straight up as champions, but... I think there is still that little opportunity for second if we can bring a good player in and get his players fit again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping for a strong end to the season, really. I think, obviously, once we start getting bodies back, and I mean, you, you've obviously got to look at Verlinden as well to come back into the praise, who could be a good provider for Fletch as well. So, there's, for me, there's only positives going forward if we can keep people fit. But like I say, I do agree with you that the transfer market does need to be looked at, definitely. Because, let's face it, folks and Gregory are finished at Stoke, in my opinion. They are, they finished. And, and, and the thing is, it's, he doesn't want them there, I don't think. I think there's a few that are finished for me. And we'll, we'll talk about yeah. them towards the end of the pod. But let's go now to Michael O'Neill. I'm, I'm going to give him a seven. Good, good away draw that is. I know, I know Coventry aren't the best team in the league, and you know they were there for the taking. But at the moment with the injuries, I think it's a good result. And it, it, we aren't we aren't losing games. And defensively, I've never I've, to be honest, I've never seen us this strong. Even under Pulis, I've never seen us this strong at the back since you know this last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean it was a tight game. I mean possession. I mean it was fifty four to us. To forty-five, there was not much in it. Um, I mean, we had we had more interceptions. We won nineteen aerial uh, duels. We were, we were better in the air. We were sixty-six percent, which makes sense how good we are defensively. Um, but 
yeah, overall, looking at the stats, what the game was, I think they'll probably sit there and think it's probably a fair result between the two teams. So, hopefully Lyndon was on the bench. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been, he's been back for a while, mainly playing for the under-23s, I think it is, but he's not far off. I think Valinden will we will start seeing him slowly coming on for Brown or on the left side to try and, you know, maybe create the odd chance. But for me now it's time for the, the second clue, I think. Yes, I've been waiting for this clue. Right. He played for Stoke in the Europa League and at this time he is Stoke's all time leading European top goal scorer. Come in 2005 on loan. He came in 2005 on loan, went back to his parent club, and then joined Stoke permanently in 2014. So it was a long time after. Oh no, he left in 2014, sorry. Yeah. Did he join in 2006 then? Uh, let me get it up. Basically, he, he, he joined later on when we were in the Premier League. But we had him on loan for about, I think it was half a season in 2005. And then we signed him again in 2010. But that was a permanent basis. Yeah. 2010. And he started his career at a team called Joe Public. (laughs) 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 Right. Europa League, I thought so. It was top goal scorer. Who? Can we? Is that is that who you think it is? I've got a small Can we was top goal scorer in Europa League? Just trying to think, he's changed the squad a lot, didn't he, in the Europe? Yeah, there was a lot of in and out, yeah. Oh, his Mendy played and Tom Sauls and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically people. We, Danny Pugh was one as well. Yeah, Danny Pugh probably played more Europa League games than he did league games. Right, so you've got you've got a guess at the end. You've got you've got rat your brain now, but, yeah. but before we move on, we've got our first guest, which is Stoke City FC Harvey, or it's Harvey Stoke City FC. One of the other way you can find him obviously online, and here's the interview. Hello, Harvey. Welcome to the Christmas special. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Thanks for having me on. Christmas been affected in your household. Are you going to be struggling this year, or is it going to be okay? It won't be. Obviously, it won't be a normal Christmas, but try and make the most of it what we can yeah we were, certainly won't be doing loads we'll probably go around with granddads for a bit of Christmas dinner mm, best way best way at least it's sub it in the family together you can't beat that exactly right so as it's probably the weirdest Christmas day fixtures we've ever known it's going to be hard to enjoy it I'm going to be honest I've not really enjoyed the season so far despite us doing really well because it, it's just not the same like you know what I mean not nice watching from home I'd much rather be there so it's going to be it's going to be weird not having any festive games to look forward to because that's something I always enjoy. You know, you'll have all the Christmas classics blasting around the, the stadium and everything. And you know, sometimes I'll go in a Santa hat, and you know, we're not going to get that this year, which is a crying shame. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like somebody said it put it all right for me, really. It's a good time to be a fan, but it's not a good time to be a supporter. And I think it was bang yeah. on what he said. Yeah, I completely agree with that. For a season ticket holder fan, It's not been nice, has it? But saying that, we have got a quarter-final to look forward to, and 
Are you excited about that, Jack? And we could do Tottenham. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see the lads get. You know, it's going to be a good test. Whatever team Tottenham put out. Uh, the last time I checked, they were during nil nil with Leicester. Even if they put the second string side out, it's still full of you know star-studded players like Gareth Bale, Lucas Moura, etc. I'm looking forward to it, but also it would have been even better if we could have gone. If, if we get to the if we get to the semi-finals, then I think we pulled off the biggest upset ever. I don't know. Hereford's are still up there. Hereford United. Big Ronnie Radford, wow. long distance Balty. I don't know, there's, there's a few up there, isn't there? I can remember when Vale knocked somebody out as well. I think it was Tottenham or Newcastle. So if Vale can do it, we can. Let's all pray Christmas, exactly. bit of Christmas joy before, you know, it'd be amazing if we knocked them out. That would make me Christmas. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them monkeys that I can't go out if we can knock Spears out. It would be really good, to be fair. Well, speaking of a Christmas time, so have a touch on, because this is obviously a Christmas special. I wanted to know about your. Best times, memories from being here at Christmas time, being Stokes? Well, there's a few really good games fresh in the memory. Obviously, last year we had the Boxing Day game against Sheffield Wednesday. I think that was the best game last season, just because of the, the drama at the end. And, you know, no one saw it coming. Best Brom in the relegation season, Christmas 2017. Two promoting went round the keeper, got a brace. That was a good game as well. So, yeah, they're, they're probably the Christmas games that stand out to me. Not known from like Mark Hughes days or because I think Everton three two was around that time. Yeah, it's just popped into my head actually. The the whole Christmas twenty fifteen period, you know, where we beat Man City, Man United on Boxing Day, then two three days later we beat Everton four three. So again, some really good times. We beat Liverpool on Boxing Day in twenty twelve as well. Probably there's some great times in there. I mean, going into that Everton match then. So I mean. <laughs> Because I think that's that's the best of my memory from what I can remember. There's probably more, but I just can't think for when I was younger. Like, but what a game that was! And do you believe Shakiri meant that goal? Oh, uh, I'm going to say it was a cross. It was a slightly missed cross. <laughs> Who was he crossing to though? That's the thing. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know someone was running in at the back post. I can't remember off the top of my head, and that been Walters or Arnautovic. Yeah, it's an incredible game. I can remember when the goal went in the final on the floor when he came running up to the fans. And I was supposed to go with that game. I decided back out last minute because my mate decided he, he, what he needed to stay at home for some reason. I think his missus put a foot down. And I was absolutely gutted because I was just watching the game thinking, we're going we're gonna to lose this now. And then they came back. And I think they took the lead again, didn't they? And then we equalised and then scored again to win yeah. it. Just an incredible kind of game that was. You know, They're the best games all of them came when you come into the Christmas period when you're going Stoke wrap up that's the first one <laughs> as I've just said maybe take a Santa hat along you know just you know make some fun out of it because there's something different about Christmas games they just feel a bit more special yeah they do because I think this is just a bit more relaxation because a lot of people are off work and you can sort of enjoy it a bit more compared to when it's like I don't know a Sunday match or a Saturday match normally you know you're back on work or school or whatever on the Monday and it's, it just takes that edge off. But Christmas time, it's... Because I love football at Christmas. It's, it's, it's my favourite part of Christmas. Why I look forward to it. Because so, yeah. we normally go either home or away Boxing Day as well. Which is why I'm gutted, really. Because I think it's Coventry this year, isn't it? And yeah. I was desperate to go Coventry away. I mean, I, until I found out it was um, St Andrews, I think, we play at now. Because I like Rico Arena. I went years ago when, when they came down from the Prem. Stoke were up when I think Adi Akambay was up front. It's an incredible ground. And I thought, I, I, I need to go there again. And they played him in the cup, but I couldn't go. 
because I was at work, and then I thought, yes, Coventry are up, and then I was like, no. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the only chance is COVID's destroyed everything. Yeah, I was a bit like that with uh, Wickham. Wickham. Yeah, no, I, I want to go Wickham. I, I want to go Wickham. Who was the other team that came up as well? Rotherham. Rotherham as well. That was yeah. another one. That's normally a good away game if you can pack that away end out because it's nice and steep, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice little ground, Rotherham, to be fair. Cause I think they've had new in New York Stadium, I think it is. Mm, that's the one. Yeah, I think that's the one. It's, it's a nice little ground to be honest. I've never been. But Coventry's, because Coventry, when I was young, was such a good side. They were like a top yeah. decent Premier League side. Dion Dublin, Huckabee, and Robbie Keane had a bit of a stint there as well. And you were like, oh, I'd like that. Because basically, since Stoke have been playing against each other, they've just been in a steady decline, whereas we've been on and up. It's, it's a shame, really. You know, we've got those in. So you always wear a Santa hat, do you, or, or don't you? Well, I didn't wear one last year, but I can remember the last two years I wore one. Probably will wear one in my stream on Wednesday night when we play Tottenham. That's it, you've got to wear a Santa hat. You've got to wear a Santa hat. You've got to wear a Santa hat. I was going to wear one at work, but I've realised I've lost mine, so I couldn't wear it on my final day on Friday. I was devastated. Always wear one. Mine just to my right hand side. If I stick my arm out, I can just touch it because I know if I put it somewhere, I won't see it until the back end of August. <laughs> well, just pop it on your head now. Might as well do. It's Christmas time, isn't it? Go on then. There we go, it's on. <laughs> People don't know if it's true, but we'll take it. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not got like a, it's not got a bell on the end, but... No, the proper ones don't, do they? Anyway, so we'll go into it before we let you go, obviously, because there's quite a lot of guests on this one so far. I want to talk to you about Michael O'Neill and what's gone on, because we haven't spoke to you for a while. I think last time we spoke to you was last season, so how impressed are you by this season so far under Michael O'Neill, first full season? I think... Exceeding everyone's expectations. If you asked most Stoke fans at the start of the season, they'd have been happy with a mid-table season just to steady the ship. But you know, we're seventh, and we're only four goals out of the playoffs. And I think you know we've we've poked our heads into that automatic um, spot as well during the Cardiff game. I think it was. You know, so we're not we're not a million miles away from the relegated teams because I mean most people would have expected. Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich, just just to run away with it. But we're we're, we're up and around it, aren't we? And it's it's great to see. The defence is fantastic. You know, I think we've only conceded two goals in the last couple of games, which again is fantastic. Chester's been an absolute revelation. I don't know where he's found this form from, but long may it continue. I wasn't the biggest fan of James Chester back end of last season, early this season. But tell you what, since Sheffield Wednesday the other week, he's been. Fantastic with Sutar. Trying to think who else deserves a bit of praise. Bursic, considering the circumstances, he's done incredibly well. You know, he's getting more confident game by game. Tyrese as well with Fletcher. Obviously, he's injured at the moment, but I mean, them two were fantastic, and I do think Tyrese deserves a mention. I think Nathan Collins deserves a mention 100%. as well. Because I think yeah, Nathan he... Collins is class. Like, Suter's a brilliant defender. He's brilliant to watch. Reminds me a lot of Shawcross when he first yeah. came on loan. But Nathan Collins. I think there's something really special there. I can understand why Darren Fletcher, when he was 17, said, Man United, go get him. I can understand yeah. it. I mean, he's moved in at right back now. He's had two goes where he was a bit wobbly. And then now, yesterday, he was absolutely fantastic against Blackburn. I think everyone's just settled down into the new positions now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it's going. Do I think we'll get playoffs come May the 5th, when the last game is? I think we'll just miss out. Because there are some very, very good teams, and there's normally a team that comes out of nowhere towards the end of the season, isn't 
So yeah, there is. I yeah. think that's going to be us. So, you, I mean, to be honest, I, I think the automatics are out now because I think Bournemouth and Norwich are starting to kick on now. Yeah. I can't see them dropping many points now. I mean, Bournemouth, I think, only lost once from what from memory. Yeah, I think we're about 10 points behind Norwich at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think Norwich and Bournemouth are a little bit out of the way. I think they're going to run away and get back up, but Watford are crumbling a bit. I, I think there's a good chance of playoffs this season. It's all if we can get us players sort of fit and firing again. Because next, because yeah. second half of the season, it does sort of slow down a bit, not every week where there's two games. So if we could get Alan yeah. back and get a few of the players back fit, he's got to bring somebody in to replace Campbell in January. That's got to happen. But I think on paper, I think we're doing well. I think there's a chance of top six. I yeah. really do. It's just going to be, it's all going to come down to what happens in January with injuries and transfers. If we get a couple more injuries but don't replace the likes of the forward players because Fletcher's only really the best he's the best striker we've got and he is struggling a little bit without Campbell so I would maybe like to see someone similar to Campbell come in or just someone who would be able to link up with Fletcher really well and I think that might not that might nullify the void if you get me that Campbell being injured is being yeah yeah it's a massive loss I mean well, Jacob Brown, obviously, not really looking like he's got that consistent ability yet. I don't mind Brown. I think there's a good player in him, but I don't know yeah. if he's going to be good enough to replace Campbell because I just don't think he's got that trickery in there. I mean, we put a poll up on the Potters not long after Tyrese's injury about people taking Daniel Sturridge, and it's a complete different change from the start of the season till now, where at the start of the season it was more nose and no, we don't like he's injury-prone, but now... It's, it's had a big swap. It's 70% of the people who voted wanted to give Daniel Sturridge a contract till the end of the season and see if he... Because, I mean, let's be honest, Daniel Sturridge on his day, if he can keep him fit, could easily score 10, 15 goals in the, in the Championship without any question. So would you 100%. take him? If you'd have told me six years ago, after he'd come off that fantastic season for Liverpool where they just missed out on the league, if you'd told me then... In 2020, Stoke will sign Daniel Storage, 2020, 2021. You know, I'd have bit your hand off. Yes, he has struggled a little bit in the last couple of years with injuries, but don't get me wrong, he's still a fantastic striker and he could do damage in the Championship, so I'd take him. Yeah, I think, I think it's worth the gamble now. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't, though. And let's be honest, the club has been in the past a bit, you know, gun-shy when it comes down to acting fast on these players. And this man's been out of contract for six months. He scored... I think it was 10 or 12 goals last season in the Turkish League. Yeah. I think he's priming ready for a contract now. It'll take him probably two weeks to a month to get himself match short. But, I mean, we did brilliantly to get over McCall fit for no pre-season and how well we did. So, I think it's worth the gamble. Nice, it could be a nice little present because we could get him in now. Ahead of January, yeah. we can get him in the squad. Yeah, I mean, another one I'm liking the look of is Liam Delap. Whether he wants to come is the next thing you know he'd be, he'd be great in the championship I don't I don't know much about him obviously it's Rory's lad isn't he and we, we mentioned him yeah. on the pod yesterday about it um, that he's 17 isn't he he's yeah that's that's the thing is an issue for me like next season I'd probably go yeah we'll have him on if we don't go up I'd go yeah let's give Liam a go I mean preferably I'd like him permanently to be honest to come play mm. with, work with his dad and you know hopefully learn how to take a long throw but 
I don't, I don't, I would, I don't know if if we'd put too much pressure on him at that, at that age, really. I don't know Nathan Collins, Bergic, Valenden no, have have impressed me from young ages, and so yeah, why not? It's it's a, a number, isn't it? And let's be honest, we'd probably prefer him to Gregory and Vokes at the moment. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I mean, if you if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, that's what Palais said, and let's be honest, he was the best. Exactly. I mean, had Mo Sanko stayed on, he's. 16, 17, just like just 17, he'd have probably been in the first team if he'd have stayed on here. Yeah, he probably would have been now, to be fair. I, I, and I don't know, well, I know now because Stuttgart have, you know, destroyed Dortmund 5 1 not long ago, and I think a third or fourth, aren't they, in the Bundesliga? They've done amazing, really. So. Yeah, I think it's their first season back up as well. Yeah, they've only just got promoted last season. I think they won the, won the Bundesliga 2 last year, so. I don't know, he might have been impressed by money, but for me, I thought it was a bit of a sideward step, really, to go to Stuttgart from Stoke. You know, he's gone now, so... I mean, on, I mean, Stuttgart have produced players like Kimmich, Werner, Nabry, just to name a few, so, I mean, you can see why yeah. he's sort of taken that move. Yeah, but they haven't produced Stanley Matthews, though, have they, and Garth Crooks, Steve Bowen. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. And, uh... <laughs> That's the thing. Right, so we'll let you go. But before we let you go, just tell us what the future holds for Harvey Stokes at EFC and tell us your links so everybody knows where you are. Well, to be honest, I don't know where it's going in 2021. Who'd have said that, you know, coming away from Derby away in the back end of January, you know, you've only got a full month left of actually vlogging in ground. You know, no one would have believed you. It all depends on when fans back in because I'm a little bit disappointed with how it's gone this year because... I've not really uploaded much because there's nothing really to upload. You know, I can't go and watch any games, so I can't do that. <laughs> I can't vlog any. I, I mean, I can vlog a Sunday league game, but that's not that's not you know it's not Stoke. It's not the same. 2021 again just depends on COVID, but if if it all if all goes well, hopefully I'll have a good year. Bring the podcast back. Put that on hold over the summer. Yeah, main thing is I just hope we're back in ground so I can make some vlogs. Yeah, I agree with you. Mark said to me yesterday when we finished the podcast that we're struggling to talk about things because we're just out of the loop. We, we you know, because we, we, we have to do player ratings and we're having to, you know, watch it on the tally and mark stuff down instead of being in there and living it. And, you know, we have to do that now and again, but because we've decided to bring player ratings in this year, that we just find it dead hard to talk about things because we're not involved as much. It feels like, we've lost that connection to it really so I understand yeah, that I, I agree with that because like I've been listening to the games on the radio because um, I'm not paying £10 for a stream I'll rather spend that £10 on a game that I can physically go to yeah I just I've just really not found myself enjoying it like the last three or four months just listening to it on the radio I want to be there you know I want to be singing the players names getting them over the line yeah, that's that's the difference between a fan and a supporter. And it's, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm getting to the stage now where I'm I'm a bit down about it. But you know we've got to hope it's a new year coming up soon. We've got to hope that everything will get back to normal. We can get back in that ground. That's the thing. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's took, I think it's taken its toll on everyone. It does. I was I'm surprised how much I've missed it. I think we just take it for granted, don't we? Yeah, we do because because before it was always there and. When it's taken away, you, you notice it a hell of a lot more at that point. Yeah. Right, so before we let you go, I'll let you tell everybody about what you do and, and how they can obviously visit and see it. Well, at the moment, I wouldn't class myself as a vlogger. Um, I'm a 
blogger because I've got nothing to the blog. But I'm more class myself at the moment as a content creator. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube is Harvey SDFC. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Harvey SDFC underscore. All right, thanks. Right, have a good Christmas then, mate, and I'll let you go. And you too. Happy Christmas to all the uh, Podspod listeners. Happy Christmas to you too. Cheers for all the pods this year. Right, cheers for that, mate. No problem. You know what? After listening to that, I'm feeling Christmassy again. How long have we got? We've got, we've got another week left. <laughs> <laughs> no, until next time. <laughs> well, hopefully next time we might be able to visit the pub. Well, as we both drink, it's not exactly exciting time, is it really? Oh, it's something nice to see a few faces, wasn't it? And I know you're still racking your brains over the question. I am, because if it's a strike I've named them all to myself. Oh, this is the bit, what I mean, it's question time gets in your mind. This, I reckon this one's going to annoy me even more. <laughs> Especially with me recently. I mean, come on, I plucked Danny Teato out the air, come on. Uh, but this is what I'm saying. I've racked every striker who played in the effort in 2011. He was in 2010. Then he must have been there when we played in the FA Cup year. But yeah. I remember everyone who played that day. Well, you've just got to keep racking your brains, aren't you? Because we, we, we get a clue after we discuss what we need in January. Have we got one more clue? You've got one more clue, but that's after the Ange interview. Right. January's coming up, and it's quicker than we think. <laughs> it's, what, <laughs> a week odd away? It's yeah. quite obvious that the team needs improving, don't it? Let's be honest, we need, we need players to come in to improve what we've got. Where would you yeah. improve now? If you if if you had the money, where would you improve this side? I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't look at the goalkeeper because obviously well, the problems there are injuries more than anything, and obviously Bezic's playing really well, so I'd avoid that. If I was doing anything defensively, I'd possibly look at the right back and maybe the left back, but I wouldn't say it's critical. Um, right back maybe more so. Just because I just think Tommy Smith's got a massive mistake anyone he wants to. Um, yeah, if, if nobody come in in defence come January, I won't sit and lose any sleep over it. Let's put it that way. Well, I think the loan market needs to be taken advantage of, and I think there's a couple of players that could be available for loan that could probably come in till the end of the season. I mean, Daniel Sturridge is still man and one target, is the man that should come in. I'd, I'd, if I was Stoke now, I'd go, right, who's available for the cheapest possible route? Daniel Sturridge. He's got no club. Yes, he's got an injury record. But this is why you only give him a contract till the end of the season. Give him 20-odd grand a week and say, right, we'll give you the money to come and play for us. It's going to take a month to you to get up to speed. Then we expect you to come into that role, a partnership with Fletcher, and start getting goals in this team all you do is on the pay as you pl- paid as you play well like, I don't I don't think he'd I don't think he'd sign for that I think he'd just carry on waiting until something else drops at the f- I'd just give him a, an alright contract for the championship give him something till the end of the season and say right do you want a proper contract and he'll go well obviously well we'll give you till the end of the season you get us promoted and you score over 10 goals you'll get double money you'll get 40 yeah. grand a week and a new two-year contract or something like that. Yeah. Why not? I can't see the, why not. He's flashing the money out there. If you, 
if we had finished that season and end up getting a, a broken double leg break. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. But at the end of the season, we could just say, Trout, because his contract's up. Yeah. And he, that, that's the thing. If he does get an injury or he doesn't, he doesn't work out, he's gone at the end of the season. It's not like a Sam Vokes where he's, child, he's tied round his neck for, you know, two, three years. The thing is, he's gone at the end of the season because you give him the promise. If you if you do good and you get the goals and get us up the league and maybe get us competing for the top two, you'll get a new contract. And if we get promoted to the Premier League, you'll get a good Premier League wage and a new two-year contract. And you can prove that you're still good enough for that level. It could be the resurgence that he needs. Well, get... sitting at Kids Grove is not helping him whatsoever at the age he's at. So he needs to start making some decisions what he's doing. I mean, or maybe, maybe he just doesn't fancy. Well, I don't. Well, we don't know if Stoke have actually made an offer or they've actually properly looked at him. But I think they'd be mad not to, because at the end of the day, we don't have to pay to get him. We we give him a contract till the end of the season. If he impresses, he gets a better one. It's win-win for both parties. I don't know why Stoke just don't go and do it and just say, right, let's pull up his sleeves, let's get storage in. But also, the thing is, because it'll be a good deal for both parties, we could still loan somebody in just in case yeah. he does get an injury. There's like Liam Delap at Man City, who looks, from what we see in the youth levels and what's coming out of Man City, that he's a good young player. Why not get him on loan? To replace Sam Vokes and be that backup for Darren, eh, Darren, Stephen Fletcher. Darren. <laughs> I know I said Darren there, you know, don't want him back heavy. You know, Liam, Liam Delap, from what we talked about, he's apparently a powerful striker, quick as well. He could be a perfect man on the bench to come in yeah. for Fletcher or when Fletcher gets injured or, you know, he'd be a good loan signing. He's got a goal in him from what we've seen in the youth levels. He's worth that gamble. And if he does want to come Stoke permanently at the end of the season, if we get promoted to the Premier League, we do a deal with City and get him on a permanent basis. Yeah, we need to start using the loan market more. We do. We, we, we need to start using, not for old men like Duffy and Chester. We need to do it for young lads. Ones that if we do get promoted to the Premier League, we could try and buy permanently. Derby, when when Lampard was there, tried to put in the clauses of the loans when he signed Wilson and Mount to try and get them permanent if they got promoted to the Premier League. And they might have done if they had done. You know, if we go up and we, and we do a £8 million deal or something to get Liam Delap on a permanent contract and then ship out Vokes and Gregory, we've got a young lad in there ready to replace Fletcher who could be a long-term replacement when he hits 2021. The thing is with Derby, I mean, people, I mean, look at where Derby are now. For me, that team probably should have gone up, but through Lampard's naivety, he was lacked experience in a playoff semi-final and he cost them because that squad was ripping things up Fine. that year. Fine. They won, not they, go up. They won the semi. They won the semi, didn't they? Yeah, they've been so they lost against Leeds. No, they knocked Leeds out, didn't they? And got to the final. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, maybe a more experienced manager would have got them up. And, and the thing is, fair enough, they crumbled away since. But he proved that the loan signings will do well for you if you get the right lads in. Oh yeah, but you can give them back. Well, that's for me. If they, if they don't work out at the end of the season, you just say. You've done your best you could, but we don't think you're good enough. 
we're going to let you go back to City and let your career develop elsewhere. It, it's win-win. I don't understand why we don't... It's like Curtis Jones, apparently at the start of the season, we could have got him on loan from Liverpool. But because he, I think he's on 30 grand a week, we decided because Liverpool didn't want to lower his wages and wanted a, a flat fee of 2 million, Stoke sort of backed out of it. But now he's a regular for Liverpool. And that could have been a player that could have really improved our midfield on loan for the season and could have got us up and then other avenues open up then because you can buy better players because you're in the Premier League. The thing is, I don't understand why we don't take advantage of the loan market and really do it. Well, it's, it's, it's something as well that that is going to save us money because we have wasted money in previous years and maybe bringing a couple of loan signs in and saving a little bit of money over, the, over a period of time will do the club no harm either. Well, yeah, because if they don't work out, they're gone at the end of the season. It, yeah, it's not yeah. somebody like a Vokes who's on 40-odd grand a week who just does nothing and, and just isn't good enough. You, you know, it, it's it's a positive move for me and I think that we should be taking advantage of it. Yeah, 100%. And, and Harvey was right about Liam Delap. I think he could be a... Because of his links to his dad, I think it could be a good move for both people because he'd play yeah. for the club. He's on loan at the club that where his dad's a legend and... You know, apparently he's got a good throw on him as well. Yeah, well, he just we see pictures of him down Stoke when he was a kid, so he knows he knows the place, anyway. So it could be a great signing. It could be, and like you say, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And to be honest, that's what Stoke need. We've had so many people hanging around his necks for so many years that we can't get off the boots. But it's it's not been ideal, and and the thing is. Yeah, fair enough. We've looked at some of these free transfers and waited and thought, oh, they might not do anything. But at the end of the day, they're not they're not costing us a fortune when they come through the door. The, the way financial fair play is, we need that. We we need to be careful with what money we've got so that we can spend money on the key areas that we need to spend on. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always said that, you know, it's all well and good bringing free transfers in, but if you can get two or three good loan signings in, that make a difference. He's like Angus Gunn. If he wasn't injured, he'd be number one now and it would have been a good one because he's still a young man. I think he's 24, 25, isn't he? He's a young goalkeeper. He's, yeah. he's still in his, his trade. So it's an opportunity for him to get in there and try and prove that he can be a good number one. And, and that's what good loans is. But when you bring in 32-year-olds and 34-year-olds in on loan, they don't really want to move on a loan no. period because they, they, they pass the time aren't they? they imagine if you're 34 and you had to go on loan to I don't know you, we live in Stoke but you had to go on loan to Darlington or something you, you're not you're not going to want to do it at that age no. not unless you you know you, you're packing your bags and you're going there for a couple of years yeah and the thing is a lot of the time 90% of footballers children will be at that age where they don't want to move either do you know what I mean? Because you see a lot of footballers have kids at a young age because they've got the financial sort of clout to look after children. I know it sounds stupid, but they, it doesn't matter to them to have two, three children because they've got the money to, to pay for two or three children. So if you think when they get to in the 30s, a lot of them children will be in the teens and they settled and the friends, and it, then it becomes a, a family issue then. Yeah. So you forget about the football inside. Well, normally when you get to that age as well, it's like, I think he said, Michael Tong, when he was at Stoke, and I think he was at Stoke, and he ended up on loan at 
somewhere down south Millwall or something and he said he just didn't his, his kids were teenagers they weren't going to move so he had to go on his own he was basically living out of an hotel for yeah. half a season you know at the end of the day if you bring a young lad in they've got, they haven't got as much responsibility they don't mind it because it's for the good of the career not for the worst of the career so yeah they haven't really got any any commitments or any sort of responsibilities back home They've normally got five or six girlfriends that don't really matter. So. Oh, that's a bit judgmental, but we know Jack, and Jack's just like that, even though he plays, he's on loan from a place I've never heard of. Rochester. That's the one, never heard of the place. Right, so now we've got another interview, and it's one of your favourite interview people. It's Tange. It's Angela Smith. Yeah, and one she's, of our best guests. And she's next. Hello, Ange, welcome to the Christmas special. How are Thank you? Thank you. You're I'm right. good, Tom. I'm pleased to be with you, and I hope everybody enjoys Christmas, although we all know it's going to be very different, so happy Christmas, everybody. Yeah, I sense with that, yeah, make sure everyone has a good one. I mean, how do you think people are going to cope? I mean, how are yourself going to cope with these new restrictions that have been put in by the Grinch, Boris Johnson? I think you just have to cope, don't you? I mean, there's people far worse off than us. There's people that have got nobody at all that... Um, have probably got family relatives a long way away that they won't be seeing at all. And, and the older you are, the, the more important it gets. So we just have to make the best of a, a really bad situation and, and look forward to the future. Yeah, it's not nice at the moment, is it? But we've all got to get through it until we get us vaccines. Uh, I wanted to talk yeah. to you about Tottenham this week, uh, Wednesday. This Wednesday, isn't it? Christmas yeah. fixtures. Uh, do you feel comfortable with having sixth-choice goalkeeper Blondie looking like he's going to be playing? Uh, well, it's either him or me, so I think <laughs> they'd probably be better off with him than, than anybody else. It's a, it's a difficult situation, but look, if um, we might well need two goalkeepers between the sticks if they bring Son and Kane on. Um, so I don't really think it matters. Uh, it's been a great competition for Stoke in so much that the bloody youngsters, people like Suter and Collins came through that route and have stayed as fixtures in the first team. So it's a bonus game, isn't it? We don't get many bonus games these days. And um, I just hope whoever plays equips themselves well. I'm sure they will. I'm sure Michael O'Neill will go for it. But in reality, it's not the main achievement of this season. It'd be great to get through. It'd be great to beat Spurs. And I think we'd have a really good chance of upsetting them if we had a full... At three six five stadium, but we don't, and um, the pressure will be off, and we'll just have to do our best. See, I've got, I've got this weird feeling we're going to win. Well, I hope you're right. I, I do. I've got a feeling about it. I mean, defensively, I don't think I've seen as this strong since Pulis in the Championship days many moons ago. Can you believe the transformation over this year? Well, no, uh, but then you look at how, how Michael O'Neill set up his Northern Ireland team and you think, well, that's exactly what he did. He, he, he had a very good defence. He was very good at organisational skills and he's just brought what he had in his international setup to Stoke. So really, I suppose we should have expected it. Um, but now more than ever, we need a decent defence, having lost Tyrese Campbell because the, the, there's no doubt about it. He's the best finisher at the football club and... Without him, we're going to struggle to get as many goals as we might otherwise have got. So if we can grind out one nils like we did on Saturday, that'll do me. Yeah, it is. as long as we're winning, we're winning. That's all that matters, really. Uh, do you think there's going to be any transfers 
activity in January? Do you think there'll be anybody coming in, or maybe loan? Or I mean, we've been touting Daniel Sturridge. I don't know what you think about that. I think it's a really high-risk strategy. Um, nobody's jumped in for him. We know he's training and living in Congleton. Um, he's injury-prone. If it was on a, a, a play-and-get-paid basis and it wasn't too much money, I think Stoke would look at it. But in, in answer to your question, I think there'll be more outs than ins if we can get people out. They're obviously looking for a striker. I think they're probably looking for another fullback too. Um, but it's, it's whether they can get them at the price that they're prepared to pay, which is basically next to nothing or free transfers. And it's all right having multi-millionaire owners, but if you're not allowed to play because of the restrictions of FFP, then, then you have to work within them. And I think he's done a marvellous job, given um, the problems we've had financially, getting the players in he's got in on the freeze and the very little money. So let's hope he finds a gem somewhere. Well, I mean, I've decided backtrack now because I think the last time you were on, I was like a little bit giddy and I said, right, we're going to win the league, it's going to be comfortable. I think I'm going to backtrack from that now because I think Norwich and Bournemouth look a step ahead of everyone at the moment, to be honest. I yeah, think, I, I think, think, I think those, those two will go, will go up um, automatically. I think Watford, now they've sacked another manager, might um, just continue towards the playoffs, but... So long as Stoke in the playoffs, I don't care if Stoke were in the playoffs in the sixth spot, you're still in the playoffs. I don't think we've got a chance of making the top two. Um, and anything, you look at where we were this time last season, bottom of the championship with pretty poor points, and look where we are now. You know, it, it's fantastic, 17 places further up, I think we are, uh, than this time last season, with little money spent and, and quite a few people gone. So it's been very good, and you just keep hoping that it carries on. Similarly, we could have a terrible second half of the season um, and, and not be so happy. But I just think he's, he's done so well and the players clearly respect him and are playing for him and each other, which they weren't doing in the past. They were going out and playing for themselves. There was no team spirit at Stoke when he came and uh, he's, he's done a fantastic job getting them back to, as you've said, in the days of Pulis and before that Macari, where they would all run through a brick wall for each other. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a, a manager that we can truly get behind. I mean, I know there was a lot of knockers towards Tony Peel, which I don't understand really. I mean, technically, he's probably second or third greatest manager in his history on stats-wise with the achievements he's done, because he's yeah. done things that no one else has ever done. Even the great Tony Warrington couldn't get an FA Cup final, and we know why, because we were robbed twice, and ice cream seller comes to mind. But, <laughs> but I wanted to move into Christmas, because it's a Christmas period, yeah. I wanted to talk about your best memories from around the Christmas time fixtures, the ones that stick in your mind, like the funny ones, whatever you've got, just some good mo moments of following Stoke at Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, there's. We, I just mentioned Lou, and I think I remember um, Boxing Day, and we played Peterborough. Um, it'd been probably early nineties, nineteen ninety one, I think, and we made a draw of three each. That was a that was a fun game. Um, and then if you go back to more recent times, beating Manchester United 2-0 uh, when Arnie and Bojan scored. I think that was around 2015. But for me, the one that stands out is um, when we beat Liverpool 3-1. I've got friends who were Liverpool fans came to the game and um, I'd gone to check they were all OK where they were sitting. And by the time I got back towards my own seat, Liverpool got a penalty. I couldn't believe it. It was about, what, two minutes in? And Steven Gerrard blasted the penalty home. But um, 
I think uh, Walters got two and we beat them 3-1 and that was, that was great. Similarly, I've had some horrible Christmases. We went on a 10-match unbeaten run and that got ended at Birmingham on, um, on a boxing day. I remember the Huddersfield game, one each, not so long ago. I think that was 2018, uh, where a man called Thomas Ince scored for Huddersfield, sadly, and Ramadan got our equaliser. So um, there's been some fun matches. Some uh, really good matches. Man City at home, we lost 3-1 in 71. And then in 72, we played them away and made a draw one each. They're the ones that spring to mind. But if you look more more recently at matches that have, have helped Stoke, it's got to be Sheffield Wednesday last season. Do you remember that match? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Harvey mentioned that as well, one of his best memories. And that is probably, because it was so close and because we all sort of resigned ourselves to the fact that we weren't going to get anywhere. And then Campbell hooked that one in over his sort of shoulder, that great goal that he scored. And then um, a man who is uh, derided now got the winner, uh, Sam Vokes, uh, and we all went mad. Yeah, it was a great time as well. I mean, it's probably the only thing Sam Vokes has done for Stoke, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, apart from missed penalties apart from missed penalties and really struggled to jump in the air and get knocked off the ball by people who were five foot four so you know yeah yeah <laughs> seven million pounds well spent that was uh, <laughs> yeah you know I can, I can st- I still think that was the turning point for us even though Michael O'Neill coming in made a huge difference I know but that was the one that was the game where you ground out a result from nowhere um, and that to me was well you know we we could actually get out of this i thought that was really important similarly to the game on saturday where everybody was saying they were the best scorers which they were in the championship and they got the best player who'd scored the second most goals i think it was in the championship and we beat them one nil and it's matches like that when you grind out results um that, that make your season and it's just been great from since the moment Michael O'Neill's come through the door, his his record at Stoke's been phenomenal, and um, long may it continue. I'm I'm really looking forward to the Christmas period because uh, normally it, it make a breaky season, but for us, I think it will just cement the fact that we're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling about it. Yeah, I've got a feeling on this year that we have got the the opportunity. I mean, I'm predicting fifth, and I'm sticking with that. This one, I'm sticking with fifth. I've got a feeling that because of Campbell's in, if if Campbell wasn't injured and the refs weren't robbing us like against Norwich and Watford, I'd probably say we've got a chance of automatic. But now with no Campbell and I can't see us really going out there and getting a, you know, a top quality replacement. I, I think top five has got to be the open, you know, hope that we get through to a final and win it. It's not going to be great as we probably won't be able to go. Uh, I'm hoping that might change in that time because us. I said on the podcast the other day, I said I'll, I'll have three vaccines as long as I can go the game. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter to me. But another yeah. one I'm surprised you haven't mentioned is actually the Stoke Everton one. What, the one where um, Shakiri scored? Yeah. I thought a lot of people would have mentioned that. I love that game. Um, the reason I didn't mention it was because I thought other people would have mentioned it. And I remember sitting there and, and, and being absolutely stunned that he'd, he'd, he'd sh- he had had that shot. And I'm still convinced to this day that that was a shot. I was at the game, we watched it, we thought he looked at the keeper and he went for it. Um, but what a great match. And, and Hosselu, um hugging the referee when we got a penalty. <laughs> you know, I thought, did I just see that? He just hugged the referee. 
But uh, that was a fabulous game, and, and Everton's a good old stadium. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. Where, where you get that great atmosphere. So yeah, that was another good one. But but to me, as I say, in in recent years, the the, the stuff in Liverpool, the stuff in Man United, and um, Sheffield Wednesday pales into insignificance. I know, but it was a it was a big. It was a big win for every Stoke fan, and you felt like we'd won the World Cup, didn't you, when that last goal went in? Oh, yeah. Just yeah. brilliant. I can remember the time when we did beat Liverpool 3-1. It, it was, it, it, there's no better feeling than beating Liverpool comfortably and then going and work the next day. That's why I don't like playing them at Christmas, because I can't rub it in. I can't even <laughs> Facebook and everything, but it's like the 6-1. I, I was chomping at the beat, bit, bit to get in work. <laughs> it's the the only time I've ever got, got up early with him, true excitement to go work just so I could rub it in on him straight yeah, to yeah. them as well. You know, any working, just give me five minutes. I've got to go find Steve. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's just. I know. I mean, I still remember we were all so generous with our applause when he scored a goal. <laughs> we didn't care. Oh, oh. really, didn't we? Yeah, go on. You very good. Goal, very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, to rub it in, you know, to rub it in, crouch wet and put it sexy. Yeah, yeah I know. But you, you look at matches like that, and um, everything went right for us that day. I think every shot we had went in, even including that brilliant shot from Nzonzi, who we've never replaced. And then you look at, I know it's not, I know we're talking about matches at Christmas, but the other match where everything went perfect for us was the semi final against Bolton. And oh, I yeah. just hope that we have a couple of more matches like that this season. Hopefully against Tottenham, where everything goes well, and um, and and we, you know, we get into the playoffs and and win the playoffs with two fantastic performances where every shot goes into the net. But it's a long way to go yet. Yeah, and is, as yeah. you've said, the um, goalkeeping situation has been an absolute nightmare, hasn't it? Oh, I know. Yeah, five injured now. I think we've got. I've never known anything like it where, in, where goalkeepers are dropping like this. I mean, Liverpool fans are moaning that they've got injury problems left, right and centre, but we've had five goalkeepers injured. Well, four. Four injured ones, LNT, Andy Lonergan. Andy Lonergan, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he'll be fit for, for, um, for midweek, but, you know, if he isn't, it's a great game to make your debut in, isn't it? He'll be on the bench, another young lad. Probably the lad we, we brought in from uh, another club not long ago, and if it isn't those two, then it's me and you. <laughs> well, apparently Nathan Broom's injured now as well. Yeah, yeah, they'll bring in the young lad. I forget his name. Who, Blondie. Who, who, yeah, that's right. They'll bring him in. I couldn't say his um, second name. I'll be honest. But, but as we're speaking, Joe Allen is making his return, isn't he? In the um, in the match this afternoon, so that'll be an interesting um, game for him because whilst he's a bit away from fitness, it's a it's a good way of getting yourself back in. And when you think that we might have him back. Um, a fully fit Shawcross for Linden who can come off the bench um, the second half of the season should be good if, if these injuries clear up yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got hope for that haven't we we've got hope I mean Joe Allen could be like a nice little Christmas present after all these injury problems around but at least Johnny McCall's back soon hopefully one of the five goalkeepers is back soon from injury I mean it's great at the moment. It, it, I, I, nobody can moan about. It. I mean, I know there is people, is people doing it. Brazen and Grumble's funny as well, because I mean, it was like the Alamo on Saturday. We got the ice against Blackburn, but we got the results and got two fantastic young lads that have come through. And I think I think the future is good, and we've all got to go through it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, you. The future is good, and, and and you look at the players that have come through from 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 this season. Um, 
we will go through it. And there'll be more players. I mean, little young player, Porter, he's a good player too. He, he's been on the bench a couple of times. He's training with the first team squad. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm quite surprised actually that Shawcross and Valinden are playing in the under-23s against West Brom today. Um, it would suggest they're not going to be starters um, in the match on Wednesday, or maybe they are going to be starters and he'll pull them off after so many minutes, you know. Um, mm. But it's um, it's interesting times ahead for the football club. But if Joe Allen gets fit, as you've said, it'll it'll be another bonus. It'll be like a new signing, won't it? Yeah, it's going to sort a lot of the problems out, I'd say. What a midfield will have then. Oh, I know, yeah. Well, let's say there's any more injuries, but let's hope not. But I think we should be all right. Nick Powell. Yeah, he could play keeper. I mean, Cousins is playing out of his skin. He could play anywhere at the moment. Yeah. And he's one of those players that's really risen to the occasion since he's got back in the team. Vimmy. Vimmy could be a great goalkeeper, especially with his weight. He'd cover the, <laughs> cover the goal, wouldn't he? Yeah, he could keep a man. <laughs> Bounce off his belly when there's a shark coming in. <laughs> Right, cheers for that, eh, Ange. Eh, no problem, have a lovely Christmas, Yes, yeah. and you, have a good Christmas, I'll let you go. Thanks for that. Cheers. Thanks, ta-da, ta-da. I'll be honest, I have a slight confession. What? I recorded them, both them interviews before Christmas because we were going to do a Christmas special, but of course, with thanks to Boris, we weren't able to do it before Christmas, so I apologise to everybody. But the mentality's there, it's still Christmas time. Still here, we're still doing it. It's still here, my tree's still up, it's still Christmas time, so don't judge. I think my lady took the tree down today, I did last year. Oh, that's that's peewee. You don't take it yeah, down to the Get it gone. <laughs> it's like them people, I don't understand why they do it, where they put it up on the 23rd and then take it down on the 26th. It's like, why? <laughs> There's no point in putting it up in the first place, we've got to enjoy it, we've got to have a Sundown. month. Well, there was some downtown on the 23rd and he was trying to sell them for 50p. <laughs> uh, and then I think it got to a stage during the day where they were going, we'll give you 50p if you just take it, just get rid of it. Just, just have it, please, for God's sake. Do something with it. Right, so it's the final clue time. Well, with your clues, no one knows. <laughs> right, so this player played for Southampton in Sunderland and Cardiff City uh, is Europe's all-time top goal scorer for Stoke had a loan spell in 2005 and then of course joined permanently in 2010 have you got any clue to try and pull one back you need to get off the mark I just thought it'd be Kenwin who do you think it is come on well I know Kenwin played for Sunderland and Stoke and he left Cardiff and he went Cardiff after because we swapped him with Odden Winger didn't we yeah, and we all remember the song. Yeah, but we can't say it on that, are we? No, we can't, no. no. Uh, well, we could, it is a podcast, we can't swear. But, so, come on. That's, that's my guess. Who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Kevin Jones. Wait, he's off the mark. It's not going to be a whitewash. No, you watch next week. Next week's question will be uh, something about the tea lady in the 70s. Well, I'm not going to get that, am I? You can't just put that in. You know it. You know, you know who she is. It, it, well, in the 70s, it was somebody called Barbara. Oh, what was the second name? But yeah, I probably would know it, yeah, to be fair. You would, yeah. <laughs> but at least you're off the mark. It is Kenwin Jones, of course. Starts. Let's see how 2021 goes. Played 91 times for Trinidad and Tobago. Had a great partnership as well with Stane John, if a lot of people remember who he is. He, of course, 
was it Southampton? He came to Southampton when it looked like it was going to be Dexter Blackstock, but it ended up being Kenwin Jones, who actually did quite well on that loan spell. And we, we had good feelings about him. And then, of course, in 2010, Tony Pulis decided to buy him from struggling Sunderland. Steve Bruce not, sold him. Would you not say he's one of the most frustrating strikers we've had in a while? There's a lot of people who don't like Kenwin Jones, because let's be honest, he wasn't lethal. He was never no, a lethal striker. He was frustrated. He was so frustrated. But the thing is, with Kenwin Jones, I don't think I've seen anyone as good as him in the air. He was brilliant in the air. If he, The thing is, he was better in the air than he was with his feet. Well, you remember certain snippets about him. I mean, the goal against Bolton in the semi-final, for me, is a touch of class. How he managed to stay on side is, is, is pure class for a start because he played such a tight line and he just takes one sort of bang round you ask a line and it, it's a great goal I mean but then he, 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 I remember one week where he was absolutely dreadful and I was I was ready to throw some at him and then he went Tottenham the following week and scored from about 30 yards and he was thinking that, that one of Cameron who went that was it like, yeah it was it was Cameron and you think that's how frustrating it would be. It'd be so hot and cold. Mm, but he was brilliant. When yeah. He, when he was on it, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. But he, he was on off, on off. I think the song was maybe a little bit harsh on him. I think I think there's a lot of people who, who weren't fair to Kenwin, to be honest. Because to be honest, it wasn't his fault that because he's he he basically played regularly and he did okay. I think he finished top goal scorer that first season at the club. And then Stoke obviously went out and bought Peter Crouch the year after. So I do feel a bit sorry for Kenwin because he was playing well in his first full season at Stoke. He was an improvement on Sidibe who was having injury problems. And to be honest, I think he stuck with the club because he wasn't like a Sam Vokes or a, well, many other lines of Phobies and all these other players that have come from. He still did a job. In the cup matches, he in especially in Europe, Europe, because he's our Europe's all-time top goal scorer. So, the thing is that he did become a useful player for the time he was at Stoke, even when he wasn't first choice. He was a big presence in the box as well, wasn't he? Yeah, and Mark Hughes <laughs> did actually favour him to Crouch when Mark Hughes first come in because he, he he was a good mover with the ball as well. He was a strong runner. He was powerful, hard to knock off the ball. The problem is he had two left feet and that was always his biggest problem. <laughs> that was a good question. 96 appearances, that was the appearances? No, 90, 91 appearances he got for Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. 91. A legend there. What? I mean, I don't know why he didn't get 100. I mean, obviously after Cardiff, his career did <coughs> literally nosedive and ended up playing for a lot of clubs in America. Um, after Stoke, uh, after Cardiff, and to be honest, he, he, his career did literally slip into non-existence after leaving Stoke. So, you know, because of death, Cardiff. A lot of players have had the kiss of death, aren't they, going Cardiff? Yeah, and well, I remember and Andres Christensen, the next big thing come out of Scandinavia, and went Cardiff, and I don't think he scored again ever. And oh. <laughs> it's one of them things, isn't it? But yeah, you've yeah. got you're off the mark now. How do you feel? I'm elated. <laughs> you sound elated. No, I feel terrible, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the, all the listeners will obviously wish you 
all the best. And that's it. It's another one done. It's the Christmas one done. This year we decided to change things round because last year there was just too many podcasts. We were doing them every three days and, you know, people were just getting bored of it. And this time we decided to stop it. We were going to do one on Wednesday after the Spurs match, but things obviously happened and we, we couldn't get into it. We couldn't get the podcast done, which is when the obviously both of the interviews were supposed to be for. But I think it's a good pod. And you know where we are. We're on every podcast platform. Sick of saying this now, actually, to be honest. It's every week I've seen it. Well, we might have to fight to do a pod soon when we're in tier 50 or whatever. When we're in tier 28 and we have to get a full, fully sprayed before we take the bins out, that's when things will change. Yeah, when we have to do the podcast yeah. on the other side of a window, each shout through the window at each other. And that's it, yeah. Right, so like we say, if you haven't joined the potters on Facebook, Facebook, the, the Potters group, make sure you do. Make sure you like the Potters podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Come on, have, just come on and, and have your say. We're, we're, we're not unapproachable. We'll, we'll always message back if you message. Mainly Mark's has got more time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Ta-ra. Ta-ra, all the best. <laughs>